in Miami going for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! What's good, Hoopers? This is Matty G, also known as at MBAG Wiz from Insight NBA, part of the Insight Podcast Network. Today, we're doing one of our show previews for the 23-24 season, and this is the 90s favorite team, the Chicago Bulls, for the 23-24 season. We've got some stuff to share with you and a little bit of our insight on how we think it's going to shape up in Chi-Town this year. Uh, They are basically the same team. Uh, We'll go through that. There hasn't been a lot of movement in Chicago this offseason. So what that means is you probably could be looking at more of the same, or are you looking at some jumps and bumps Well, it's a little bit of both in Chi-Town this year. Last year, Chicago under coach Billy Donovan finished 40 and 42. Now, that's an okay record. It's less than 500. And we'll get to our prediction for them at the end of the season. Interestingly enough, they were the fifth best defensive team with a defensive rating of five overall of the 30 NBA teams. But their offense was pretty garbage. In fact, they had the 24th best offense in the NBA. The net rating overall was 13th out of 30 team, according to basketball reference. This is the Chicago Bulls spearheaded by the three-headed python, one could say, of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic, with a whole bunch of little cameos from characters along the way. We'll go through the depth chart today and have a little bit of a look of how we can get some value in this fantasy season from our 23-24 Chicago Bulls. Now, obviously, we need to see who is in and out of this team. And if you're wondering if it looks like I've got a bit of makeup on today, it's because, yes, as you can see on screen, I decided to dress up like the Hulk for Book Week. And it's also my birthday, so I get to do what the hell I want. Not to besmirch the balls, but that's why I've got so much eyeliner on. That's really hard to get off. So, yes, I am wearing eyeliner. And I had a whole bunch of green face paint on earlier as well. But you have to get involved with it. You've got to get into Book Week here in Australia. The kids love it. You've got to get into it. And just like you've got to get into the guys who are in for the Chicago Bulls this year, like Jevon Carter, Tory Craig, Terry Taylor, and rookies Julian Phillips, um, Orlan Batum, Adama Sonogo. Now, that one's probably the name to watch of those rookies. Sonogo has an interesting game, and they're a bit short in the power forward spot in Chicago. We will discuss that further because moving on out of the uh, team this year, because of injury, as far as we know, we haven't heard anything on Javonte Green. He basically came in last year. He challenged Patrick Williams for the starting spot. He he got that starting spot. Patrick Williams moved to the bench and he was playing all right for a hot second. And then he went down and they had arthroscopic knee surgery. And we haven't heard from him again. And all the words coming out of Chicago was that he may not be back. It's another kind of Lonzo ball situation. But unlike Stephen A. Smith said, we don't know if he can stand up or sit down. But good to see Lonzo being able to do that with one foot and putting that in someone's face. Also getting out of the team is Derek Jones Jr. and Marco Simonovic. Uh, These really didn't have any impact players apart from Patrick Beverly. He's probably the most notable out, but he has been replaced pretty much by Javon Carter in the Chicago Bulls for the 23-24 season. Taking a look how they shook out at the end of the day, the depth chart for this year pretty much looks like this. Now, there is a couple of contingencies around the fringes, but our Chicago Bulls, for look, they're a mediocre team. 
like I said, today is my birthday. And for if you're listening, I'm holding up a vanilla cupcake. And on top, it looks really good. This is hundreds and thousands. We call these hundreds and thousands in Australia. They look delicious. They look tasty. And they are because they're full of sugar. But once you take the wrapping off of the cupcake, it's just vanilla and it's just bland. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't taste good, but it doesn't mean it's great basketball for you. They're a vanilla cupcake kind of team, the Chicago Bulls. It looks really good. Mm, actually, it's just icing with having Zach Levine on your team. And Vucevic, you know, he has some great seasons in Orlando and he's come over. And look, to be fair, Vuce is one of the most vanilla fantasy players, but he's dependable. He's as steady and sturdy as houses. And DeMar DeRozan, he's aging. He's getting on. He's been in the league a long time now. We forget about that little San Antonio, like, you know, time that he had, but he's been in the league now for 13 years and he's only getting younger. Sorry, he's only getting older. So where's the youth movement right here? There is no real youth movement in Chicago. And it's very vanilla because it's the same basketball we've had there for the last two years. This was a team of promise. They were the number one team in the East after executing some amazing signings in DeMar Rosen, Alex Caruso, and Lonzo Ball. And if you think about it, it's an incredible basketball team at that time. But they seem pretty much frozen in water to me. They haven't really gone far, and they didn't even make the playoffs last year. This is a Chicago Bulls team that is definitely needs to be re-energized, but there's not a lot of wiggle room for them to do it. They've got Zach Levine on a big contract. The only major contract looking at trade-wise, and we'll talk about that, is possibly DeMar DeRozan. But otherwise, you're looking at a very vanilla Chicago Bulls team. They are possibly better than a 500 team, but that's about where it lives. If you look down the rankings last year, not one of these guys cracked into the top 30. In fact, the oh, sorry, one guy cracked into the uh, top 30 at the end of the day, and it was DeMar DeRozan at 29. Outside of that, Nikola Vucevic finished up the day at 34. Zach Levine was 44, and he ended up being the 44th. His ADP last year was 44, and he returned the 44th best value. Going down the depth chart, Iodasunmu pretty much is one of your guards. Kobe White coming off the bench. Javon Carter is probably the most interesting one to look at this year for the Chicago Bulls by this metric. If you go across and have a look at their dependability, you get a lot of usage guys in this team. If you have a look at DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine, they've all got big usage. 27.2 for DeMar, 21.8 for Vuce, 27.8 for Zach Levine. And this has been pretty much the story of the Chicago Bulls for the last couple of seasons. It's a two-show pony with the third option being Vooch and little side, you know, side pieces coming along and doing their work. Alex Caruso, that defensive hustle guy. Kobe White coming on in the second half of uh, the 22-23 season, putting some points up and having a blitz. Patrick Beverly came in at the trade deadline, and Pat Bev was just your new little hustle point guard out there. But a lot of the offense is initiated through those guys, and you can see that in their usage. And at the end of the day, that's almost 60% of usage between two guys. Between DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, you've got 27. That's 55% basically of usage in your team. You throw on top of that, Vooch, at 20%, and there's 70% of the usage on this basketball team. So Chicago is built around these three pillars with guys who come in and they do their work. So fantasy-wise, as you can see where their ranks fell at the end of the day, not really anyone else did anything of great significance. Desumu finishes the 223rd player. Paddy Williams, 135.
Caruso, 140. So those two guys are the back end of draft value guys, but they're guys who are probably going to be dropped and picked up through the season, picked and dropped up as you ride some hot hands. So they're not really assets you want to look at in your fantasy draft. I mean, Caruso chimes in a little bit, as you can see right there. He, like, averaging two stocks, like 1.5 steals and 0.7 blocks, it's not bad. Paddy Williams pretty much does the same thing by virtue of one steal and one block a game. But that's the 135th best player and the 140th best player. In a fantasy draft, where those guys are going in the back end of your rounds, if you're still on the clock at about 160 and you're going really deep in one of these like 12-team, 14, 15-team, like 15-player leagues, you could probably grab one of these guys at the end, but you're going to probably look for someone with some more upside there. These guys are as safe as houses. The Chicago Bulls should be called the Chicago Safest Houses. Literally, there is absolutely nothing incredibly special about where they've moved from with their ADPs or their fantasy value for the last couple of seasons. In fact, going back over it, I was, I was really curious to see how it's changed. And surprise, surprise, it hasn't. Apart from DeMar DeRozan, who had that absolutely incredible, like out of this world, Toronto Raptors prime, like DeMar DeRozan, that stretch where even people were talking about him as an MVP candidate in 21-22. He finished 21-22 as the 19th ranked player. In 21-22, Nikola Vucevic finished as the 38th ranked player. Last year, 34. That's not much of a jump, not much of a decline right in the same ballpark. And Zach Levine in 21-22, according to Hashtag Basketball, was the 42nd ranked player. And last year, he was the 44th best ranked player. So when people are thinking about taking these guys in the draft, they haven't moved. But if these are the guys who are going to be there like in the 40s and you want a safe pick, these are the guys you get. The Chicago Bulls are very safe picks in your NBA fantasy draft. Apart from probably DeRozan, look, he has been around for 13 seasons. He's an expiring contract as well. So for me, that's one of the guys I'm going to look at as a possible trade being later on. Um, Caruso. That's a stream target. Another interesting add to this team was NBL legend Tory Craig. Now, he finished last year in the 173rd spot. Now, he's been let go from the Phoenix Suns. He's come over here to Chicago. He's a dependable basketball player, and he's a very interesting fit with this team. Billy Donovan, the coach, he's mixed it up a little bit. Paddy Williams, people have been high on him. And as you can see, Patrick Williams right there, his ADP last year was about 148, finished with a fantasy rank of 135 over the course of the season. But he did lose his starting job at one point to Javante Green. Now, he's reclaimed it at the end of it. Javante went down injured, and Paddy Williams came back and was serviceable in the back end of the season. But it does show me that Billy Donovan isn't tied to keeping Patrick Williams as their power forward. He's, he's not in, it's not in fact like enamored with it to the fact that, oh, Paddy won't be anywhere. He's gone. This could probably happen again, possibly with Tory Craig. However, Tory Craig offers probably more, possibly more offensive upside at the end of the day. Like Paddy Williams isn't a guy who takes a lot of shots on this team. But as you look down this depth chart, you've got Kobe White as the other guy with Javon Carter, as we discussed. And your main shooting guards right here is, I would assume it was a backup shooting guard, maybe. But Zach Levine is a horse. Like, Zach Levine is the guy. Now, last year, there was a whole bunch of talk about whether he would play back-to-backs. He wasn't going to play back-to-backs. It's part of the Chicago bullshit that we hear about injuries all the time with these guys. But Zach, he played 77 games last year, and he put up the 44th best-ranked value. Now, his usage is high. He has, he, look, he gets 25 points a game. 
He gets 2.73s. He gets the most three-pointers on a team that just doesn't really shoot or get that many three-pointers. So there is probably, if anyone you're honing in on, on your draft this year is Zach Levine. Because for me, with an aging DeRozan and with Vooch, he's re-up and he's getting on a little bit as well. Like, yeah, he's showing that extension. They kind of had to do that with Vooch. Like they didn't want to trade that like everything and the mortgage their future entirely when they could have had Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner on your team and have nothing to show for it. And they've got Vooch. Hey, Vucci. We've still got him and he's on the team and we're going to give him a lot of money to show that we are invested in this core unit. But again, it is the same core vanilla unit that it's been for the past two seasons. Adding in someone like Tory Craig, well, that was a great fringe ad and he's a great player. As a fringe player, he's not going to really change the dynamics of the team or fantasy basketball outcomes for the Chicago Bulls. One person who is going to do that, quite possibly, is Javon Carter. Now, Javon Carter's come into this team from the Milwaukee Bucks last year, and he's going to make the starting five, I believe, as the point guard. There was talk like it could be Kobe White because he came on at the end of last year. Even Alex Caruso out there. But again, they had the fifth best defensive rating at the end of the last season. So they're not exactly a horrible defensive team, even though they don't have players that play that great at defense, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think to myself, you know who's an absolute juggernaut on defense? DeMar DeRozan. I don't think that at all. I mean, he does his job and they're all serviceable. In fact, the guy who's probably shown out a little bit more defensively and more committed to the scheme than I believe he was previously was actually Zach Levine. And my little, I'm watching Zach Levine this year because his rankings at this point as part of their starting five. His ADP right now is about 54, and he's ranked on Yahoo at 68. Now, I think if Zach Levine takes a bit of a bump up as the number one guy in Chicago this season, coming off the back of a 77-game season, which for Zach Levine is a surprisingly good amount of games, I really like. I think that it's going to be the one show pony in Zach, really supported by the next two pillars in DeMar and Vooch, and then, you know, Javon Carter is going to be there and Patrick Williams is going to be there in your starting five. But I actually predict that this season could be the season that instead of it just being the three horses, like your shot, my shot kind of vibe with these guys, I really think that that usage is going to click over a little bit more by way. As you can see, Zach Levine on 27.8% usage in 36 minutes a night and DeMar Rosen on 36 minutes a night in 27.2. It's horses for courses. I would like to see this season, you probably see a little bit of a regression in usage of DeMar DeRozan. And I'm expecting and predicting a bit of a bump right there on Zach. If he's over into 28.5 and or even 29%, Vooch could be a little bit down on that as well. Paddy Williams in the starting five is the one who I'd like to see take some more shots a game. He only takes eight. He averages 10 points a game. But if he could get a couple more shots out there and hit those corner threes that he's going to be finding and lining up for and bump those threes up to two a game, You've got right there one bleeding. If you're, if you're watching this, you can see the grid. If you're listening, of all of these things, in the we've got this scale. Dark green means excellent. Uh, medium green is very good. Green is good and red is bad. Now, it looks really bad when you look at Javon Carter, but this is also a guy who's been not the prime point guard in a team. And also, this is on limited minutes and limited usage. He's probably going to have a similar um, look and feel this year to Pat Beverly, but he's also a guy who can knock down threes. 
probably more consistently than Patrick Beverly and definitely more than Io DeSumo. In fact, the biggest loser in the Chicago Bulls land is probably Io DeSumo because he's just getting shuffled down that depth chart. Because your backup point guard pretty much, and the guy who's going to initiate is going to be like Alex Caruso is your backup point, your backup shooting guard on this team. So for me, when I'm looking at this, I think Jevin Carter is definitely, Javon is definitely starting into more of a role with the Chicago Bulls, definitely more than he had with the Milwaukee Bucks. So when we look at our Chicago Bulls and our projected starting five with Javon, Zach, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic, who are we really going to get the value out of? So let's look at their ADPs from last year and where they finished up in those rankings, because these are the guys, again, who are safe as houses picks in the medium, medium level of your draft, who you can get if you're picking up a double-double in the 50s, 60s, but it's a solid high teens double-double for points and getting about 11 rebounds by way of Vooch, it's pretty solid. Now, currently, Vucevic has an ADP of 35. Last year, his ADP was 36 on Yahoo. And now it hasn't really shifted that much. He hasn't ranked on Yahoo, though, right now, of 21. And that is absolute stupidity, if you ask me. He is not going to be the 21st ranked fantasy player on, like, in any league. Like, I don't know what league. If it's points and rebounds league, if you've got two cats, yeah, he could probably do that. But this is also a guy last year who saw a really big uptick in his field goal percentage. He hasn't had that reliable three-point percentage for a while. I mean, yeah, he gets 1.5 a game, but this was Vooch a couple of years ago. He was just getting those screen and roll, pop threes, and he hasn't done it to the same clip since. So this is a guy, when we look over it, whose rank is going to be much higher on Yahoo. So he's going to be up the top of your draft boards. He's going to be sitting there and you're going to be, oh, I want him. It says he's ranked 20. Oh, it says he's ranked 20. Oh, I should get him. No, but if you get him in the mid 40s, late 40s, you could probably gain a, a round of value out of Vooch, especially if he keeps his field goal percentage high. As a center, you can see he offers you nothing in way of defense. He doesn't get you more than a block a game. He doesn't get you a steal a game. Look, he's okay as a passer. Like he's okay as a passer. He, he works out of the post, all right? But getting 11 rebounds is very good. And also getting you 17 points a game is, is pretty good as well. Now, if he could probably get that back up to 19 points a game and stop taking those outside threes, yeah, he could probably do it inside because he's a little bit of a workhorse down low. But at the same time, you want Vooch stretching the floor. You want Vooch to knock in two threes a game. And you want him, if that three, if one more three-pointer goes in for him a game, he's at 18 and a half points a game. If he can continue the same rebounding at 11 a game, Amazing. And look, let's be honest, there's not a lot of rebound. It's almost rebounders by committee here. DeMarta Rosen is 4.6, not S4.6. But the rebounding here really falls to the shoulders of Vooch. And this is where Patrick Williams this year could probably see a little bit of an increase in his workload there because he doesn't really get involved in the boards. In fact, Zach Levine last year and DeMarta Rosen were 4.5 and 4.6 rebounds a game, respectively, the second most on the team. You've got, like, in the second unit, Andre Drummond's there. He's, an, he's a rebound machine. He's just going to pick those up for you. But your starting five is really short by way of, of hard workers. And this is why Pat Williams lost his role last year. Because he just wasn't switched on. I don't know. I was watching the balls, and he was there, and he was playing basketball. But he just wasn't motivated. He was turning up open shots. It was, look, I'm not going to say it was as Ben Simmons of him as possible. But if he's got that ball and he's open, he was looking to defer that. 
you need to see some more aggression, some more activity from Patrick Williams to take that leap up. And he could then move into the 120s, top 110s as a basketball player. If he can get his efficiency up into the high 400s, like 480, knock down knock down half a three. If he's getting two three-pointers a game, this team is going to have more shooting with Torrey Craig on it and Javon Carter than it did last year. So Javon is a 36% three-point shooter for his career. So he knows how to knock him down. And we like that for him. And he's going to be running that offense. But again, in an offense, as a point guard, I want them to be initiating a lot. This isn't the kind of team where the point guard initiates a lot of the offense. If you can get guys working off those screens and coming over and under them a little bit more, and Zach, who had really like one of his best shooting seasons from deep last year, you've got a little bit of a chance here for a little bit of a saucy mid-range Chicago's who can upset some of the apples because it's a solid starting five. Like it's a very dependable starting five. But again, back to our depth chart, it drops off very, very quickly. Now, Kobe White has proven to be an absolute burner in almost a six-man role, seventh-man role, whatever he was going to come off the bench. If they need scoring, they're going to plug and play him. If they need more defense, they're going to plug and play Caruso. It's a, it's a no-brainer. And then coming off your bench right now, back to our new guys coming in, it's probably going to fall to um, Sonogo as a power forward. He could probably be in line for some minutes, but Tory Craig is going to be the next one there. Unless we find out more on Javante Green and he makes a return in sometime soon, I don't see where it's going to go. But Javon Carter right here is your guy who's come into the team, and we want to watch this space with him. He's pretty much taken the Pat Bev role in Chicago this season. In 22-23, Eight points a game, 1.83s. His field goal percentage wasn't that great, 420. He can knock down his free throws around a 780 to 800 shooter. Only a couple of rebounds a game. But his assist, funnily enough, for a point guard, again, in a Milwaukee Bucks system, was only 2.4. Now, a lot of the Bucks system is built around, obviously, Drew Holiday. Javon Carter, was, he got some starts there while he was injured. Uh, and those spot starts, if he was, if he was out... Giannis pretty much the ball goes through him or Chris Middleton in those regards over Milwaukee. And it's not too dissimilar, I guess, in a way that there's these superstars on the Chicago Bulls team, but they need this. The Chicago Bulls are desperately looking for a new Lonzo ball. Well, they're desperately looking to recapture that glory, I think, of that, of that, of that 20 game stretch where they were the best team in the East. And it was like, this is happening. The Bulls are back, baby. Yeah. And then it went away. And with Lonzo still being injured, they're still looking for that gritty point guard, workhorsey usage guy that can be low and let Zach and DeMar cook. And they've pretty much found him with Javon Carter, who's a very dependable three-point shooter. In fact, Javon Carter has an interesting um, ADP so far this year. He's gone all over the place. I've seen him go in the top 80. I've seen him go at 120. Watch where that settles. If he's around towards the tail end of your draft and you're in need of Hopefully, he can get about four assists a game. His percentages aren't that great, though. He might be a nice stream pickup because as a starter, as you can see here, Javon Carter averaged 1.2 steals, 3.4 assists, 3.1 rebounds, uh, 1.73s, and nine points a game. So he could be a really interesting stream target, but if he actually gets to initiate a lot more of the offense and he can tick those assists up to like five a game and he can put that real big energy into the defensive side of the of the game in Chicago, and he can get those steals up to 1.5. Yeah, he's a he's a nice little pickup late.
So we want to watch this space leading into the preseason to see what Javon Carter is going to do and how many minutes he's going to play. Now, again, the preseason isn't a huge indicator, but they do use the preseason to tighten up their rotations to see who's going to make it, see who's not going to go. And with a very low depth chart in Chicago, this is a team that's unlike OKC. OKC just has talent and too many people on their roster. So they need to make some decisions and cut some blokes. The Chicago Bulls aren't in that position. They've got their guys, like a couple could on the fringes could be in or out. That's fine. But they're starting five, their best eight, nine guys who they're going to play consistency consistently over the year, they want to start to tinker with some things to see how those minutes are going to look, to see what plays they're going to run. So I would probably expect the preseason Chicago Bulls team to look very close, not minutes-wise, because it's the preseason, but you can definitely see in that first quarter how it could shake out. They play them two quarters and they pull them off and the young guys come on for the third or the fourth. The last couple of games of the preseason, which should be around the time, of your NBA draft. So if you're in an NBA league, in a fantasy league, and your draft is during the preseason, ask your commissioner to move your draft. I always, in the ones that I commission, I do it on the last Sunday. Games finish usually in wrap on the Sunday, on the on the Saturday, on the preseason. So they finish up in the on the Sunday. All the games are done. There's probably one or two left around there. No chance for injuries. No chance for that to cook your draft or anything to go sideways. And then you can get to pretty much draft with a clean slate. So you do get one or two games at the end of the preseason, which probably gives you the best insight with how it could shake out in the regular season with these teams. So that's where you really want to pay attention to to see the role it is. But this is a guy who's been outside the, you know, in, in the wilderness pretty much, as you can see last year. Where did he finish up? Well, there you go, 215. But if he's going to have more of a role this year after 215 and he's going to come down into 140s and he's around and you don't want upside, but you just want to feed some steals and assists, John Carter is going to be the guy to go for. However, watch this space candidate is Patrick Williams. This was a really big toss up for me. This was a massive toss up because I really like Kobe White as well. Now, I've been known for picking up Kobe White in NBA 2K and badging the heck out of him because of his athleticism and I'd probably put some extra attributes on his three-point shot to get that up on there. But I like Kobe. But I'm really curious for the role that Patrick Williams has with not a lot of power forward depth around the place. And although Torrey Craig can come in and replace him in that starting five, I would like to see him improve his workload offensively this season. He gets 28 minutes a night in 22-23. Now, that 1.4, that was also, that, one, that 28 minutes a night, was inconsistent over the course of the season again because he lost his starting job. So he could quite easily reclaim some of these points. In fact, if you go back, he was claimed last year, his ADP in the previous season was in the 140s because people were high on what Patrick Williams could bring into the season. He just disappointed that at the end of the day. So people weren't, and then they were dropping him left, right, and center. And then he came on a bit at the tail end of the season and people were picking him up and streaming him here and there. And some people just held on to him as a bit of a dependable bloke. But this is a guy who we could get up to 12 points a game, two threes a game, an improved field goal percentage up about 480. He hit his free throws at a reasonable clip well over your 800s over the course of the season. The tail end of it, it went down. I think it was 809, but he can hit over 800% of his, you know, over 800 is fine for your free throw percentage. He gets four rebounds a game. This is where I expect him to improve this to about five rebounds a game this season. Assist, he's not much of a playmaker, but he pretty much gets you two stocks. If we can clock that stocks to 2.5, Paddy Williams is going to come in at 130-ish, 120 value. And again, 
People aren't high on Patrick Williams. I've, we've been doing some mocks at Insight. He's not going. He's still there. And if you're looking at your team at the end of the day after you've drafted and there's no one there that you like and you think, geez, what that's all going to be, you could drop them and bring in Patrick Williams as a late-round flyer. Absolutely 100% you could do that as a late-round flyer with Patty because he's going to be there and he's going to represent that to you. At the end of the day, Chicago Bulls this season, they don't look much different from last season. Again, they are our vanilla cupcake. Sportsbet here in Australia has them currently over under at 36 and a half games. Well, it's an over, 100%. They are a mediocre team. Again, the vanilla team of the NBA, if you will. And that represents about 40 games. At 36 and a half, if you can get that on a nice little multi right now, I am 100% taking the Bulls at about 40 games this season. I think it's value at 36 and a half. Get on Chicago Bulls. Put some, put some, some something on that sideways. And you'll be absolutely laughing come the end of the season, I reckon. Avoiding any big injuries or big trades, I reckon they're going to be about 40 wins in the Eastern Conference this season for your Chicago Bulls for 23-24. I have been Matty G. This has been your 23-24 Chicago Bulls preseason. You take care. Be well, Hoopers. Ball out.